Light that spark fire nation, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1845 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire a seven days a week. Discipline, productivity, focus, those are my three greatest strengths. They can be yours too. Simply visit themasteryjournal.com. Master all three skills in 100 days. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Eric Rems. Eric, are you prepared to ignite? I'm ready, JLD. Yes. Let's do it. Eric is the founder of The Mindful Tech Lab, a company whose technology applications have helped over 1 million people improve their lives in the area of motivation, mindfulness, health, and fitness. Eric, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Well, my personal and business life, I'm married to my business partner and best friend, Sarah Kate. We just recently moved from New York to the West Coast, and we're now running our company from sunny Santa Monica, California, a pleasant change. Uh, While in New York, I spent most of my time working in fintech, building technology for some of the world's largest financial institutions. Most recently there, I was running the conversational interface experience for one of those banks, essentially trying to build chatbots to engage with customers. You know, I've always been a big fan of launching side projects. So with bots, I actually did just that. And on the side, I launched a Facebook Messenger chatbot called MotivateBot that basically just sent a motivational quote each morning, and you could gauge with it in simple conversation. And this was back several months ago, and it not only took off, but the biggest thing to me was that the daily retention was just through the roof. People were coming back daily and getting these quotes. So realizing that this daily engagement was incredibly high, my wife and I started to explore bots as a channel to build new positive habits in people's lives. And we launched a meditation chat bot called MeditateBot that has now helped over 500,000 people form a daily habit. Chatbots were also a way for my wife, who's an amazing functional health nurse practitioner, but could really only see the likes of 20 or so patients per day physically to reach more people. So now we have this suite of chatbots, both voice and text, that all focus on improving the mind and body. I run it full time here in Santa Monica, and my wife works in practice as well as helps run the business. Uh, She's pretty awesome. Well, that is pretty darn awesome, brother. Now, real quick. For those in Fire Nation who might not be completely aware of what a chatbot is, how do you describe that in just a few sentences? Yeah, so chatbots are really just a innate conversational experience with the technology. So instead of tapping around in an app or clicking around in a website, you're communicating in either natural language or pressing buttons in kind of a messaging platform. So the likes of a Facebook Messenger or Alexa or Kick, whatever you fancy on a messenger platform, we build on top of that. So what's something that we as entrepreneurs don't know about chatbots that you probably think we should? In my opinion, all chatbots, every company, whether it's a consumer-facing brand or your um, you know, product company, you're going to have some sort of chatbot strategy. So what I've, you know, when I first launched this bot's motivate bot, I was taken away by the fact that people were kind of communicating it with it was like it was a human. So I actually wrote a pretty in-depth blog post on the fact that everyone was saying thank you to bots, to my bots. I'm like, why is everyone keep saying thank you? So, you know, I would have a quirky kind of response to it, like, oh, you know, nice of you to thank a bot like me, and I would make it kind of different every time. <laughs> and people really, they really loved it. So, but the takeaway from that is that people are chatting with the technology and getting more comfortable with it. So, you know, 
I, I can't imagine many times you, you want to build more, you want to know more about your your consumers, your clients, your your people that use your apps. And chatbots are a great way to kind of garner more information instead of having them fill out forms. If you're just having a simple conversation with them, like, hey, LG, what's JLD? What's your favorite uh, favorite book? And you know, you respond, and you're kind of engaging with it. So it kind of builds this like a real relationship with the technology. So it's very unique. Love that answer. And Fire Nation is definitely something to think about going forward because we want to be creating these personal relationships where they're not just all about automations and systems, but where there's really connection there. And you don't want to fake it. You want to be real, but you know, you don't always have to be that person typing every single key down there, especially in today's age. So a lot of things to think about. And Eric, let's now kind of shift this chat to your journey as an entrepreneur. And something that I kind of want to specifically focus on is your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. What is that moment, brother? Tell us that story. Yeah. So, you know, back in 2013, 2014, a colleague of mine uh, was still working full time and on finance, in finance, uh, working on Wall Street, building finance technology. But a colleague of mine had this great idea. Uh, so we thought to start a company called AbridgeMe, which essentially was a short form version of Wikipedia for current news as well as historical type topics. But everything was answered by experts in 100 words or less. So kind of a, you know, abridged form of Wikipedia. So great concept. Uh, we were working you know, full-time at the office during our day jobs. We would skate out throughout the day for meetings sometimes. We'd work all night. We had a development team in India. We were in New York. So we're basically working around the clock, putting our, you know, time and effort into this side project. Um, and after getting some really good initial traction, you know, our costs started to rise um, as we were looking to scale. So we began to reach out to some angels and VCs. Basically, any angel or VC, I could scrape their email off the internet, which as you probably know, it's it's pretty easy to find those. And we would reach out to all of them. And, you know, I ended up, we ended up getting a ton of meetings um, with some of the top digital media uh, VCs in New York. And at the end of all these meetings, and I would say probably a thousand reach outs, we weren't able to raise this funding. So we had hopes and dreams of really deep down, it was leaving the corporate world in the dust. We were just like, let's get out of here. Let's raise some funding. Let's go at this full time. We were doing it on the side. We needed some additional capital to really scale. And uh, we, our dreams were you know, essentially shattered at that point. And it was, it, what's funny is my co-founder sent me a note the other We've always kept the site online. And he sent me a note the other day and was like, I think I'm going to finally take it offline. And it was kind of just this like poetic moment, but you know, it, it didn't work out, but definitely some takeaways. <laughs> well, let's talk about one of those takeaways because I'm kind of curious, what is the one thing that you want to make sure our listeners, Fire Nation, gets from that story? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is you got to take a step back, get out of your own head, get out of the proverbial company's head, if you will, and answer those tough questions. See if maybe there are some holes in your business model that maybe you're not, because you're in it so intimately, you don't see you know, the outside. Like We had so many VCs ask us, why aren't you doing this full time? They would ask us straight up. And we thought that it was a badge of honor that we had built this company on the side and they almost saw it as like, hey, you're not willing to jump off, you know, this <laughs> entrepreneurial cliff and do it all without a paycheck. And deep down, I think we realized, hey, maybe there isn't such a great business model here. So it's really just taking a step back and assessing, you know, <laughs> your business and your your plan and making sure like test yourself to see if it's viable. 
Eric, let's talk about one of the greatest ideas that you've had to date as an entrepreneur, that aha moment, and really take us into that moment. Tell us that story. Going back to this company that we started, AbridgeMe, we had launched first launched a web application um, where people could come and if they were experts in a certain area, they could write on a topic. We had a voting up system. Uh, we had a feed of all this great content, but we found it really difficult for people to come there every single day to that website and playing the search engine optimization game with 100 words or less in an article is pretty difficult. We also had an iOS app um, that we had launched that got some good in initial traction, but getting people to use that app every single day um, was extremely, extremely difficult. So we launched these two web app, a web app and an iOS app. And then at the very end, we decided to do this email newsletter called Your Week Abridged. And essentially it was just sent a newsletter at the end of the week all the top news stories in 100 words or less, and people loved it. It was by far the most successful. It was the cheapest and really should have been the original MVP of what we had done. And so my biggest aha moment and takeaway was build products in existing channels where people already are, and that's your quickest way to success. And what does that mean? It's virtually virtually impossible for a new app to make it to the first page of a person's phone and build a new habit. They have a finite period of time that they're on their phone. For the most part, they have it carved out to maybe Facebook or Instagram or email. So build there. It's cheaper. The network is already there. And you can test your ideas quickly without building out all of this infrastructure. And so that's what we've done with all of our products, whether it's on Alexa or Messenger or Kick. And we've had a ton of success. So the biggest aha moment is build in existing channels where people already are. Build in existing channels. I love that. And talk for just a second about Alexa, because I think this is fascinating as we kind of move into you know, the voice activation world. I mean, we're kind of, not that we're getting away from touch, but you know, I mean, instead of me yeah. like having to like touch my actual phone to see what time it is, I can just say, I'm actually not going to say it because it's right behind me and, and she'll say <laughs> something, but I'll say, you know, Alexa, what time is it? And she'll tell me what time it is and it'll be great. Right. And that, that's kind of the world. So kind of tell me how you're using um, Alexa in that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great. It's funny. I had to turn my Alexa off as well. Um, she so, just talked, actually. You might be able to hear <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it might have picked up yours. Um, yeah. So I'm fired up. I, I love voice. I mean, that's kind of, I definitely see it going there. Um, however, the, the challenge with voice and Alexa is the, the person has to be pretty proactive into talking to the device. So we have a couple, I have a couple skills out there, like a, a motivational quote skill. And essentially you just say, hey, Alexa, give me a motivational quote yeah. and it'll respond to you. But you have to be proactive and actually, you know, talk to it. And if you don't say it entirely right, like the natural language processing, which is kind of the technology that all of these you know, conversational interfaces are revolving around that's taking what you say and turning it into, you know, a response is really hard on voice. And so what I've found actually on um, Alexa, the most successful skills that we've built fall under what they call their flash briefing construct. So I'm not sure. Do you use the any flash briefing skills? Yeah, so I actually do. So and I actually just made entrepreneur on fire into that flash brief. So now yep. you can actually say that if you have it in your flash briefing, but I'm curious why, like I don't really understand yeah. why that makes it better. So the reason why is again, going back to building into someone's existing habit. So you're just asking them to kind of add that skill and put it into their flash briefing. Once it's in their flash briefing, all they do is say, 
Alexa, give me my flash briefing. Like that's how they're starting their day. They know that they get their their news from CNN in there. They know that they get their motivational quote from Motivate Bot, and they know that they get their you know bit from JLD. So it's already like they don't have to manage it. It's already just part of the routine. Versus like creating, it's much easier to create a habit where the person is just saying, "Give me my flash briefing," and they know they're going to get everything they like. Versus, you know, one off, hey, they're walking by Alexa, they they have some downtime and they say, hey, Alexa, give me the latest podcast from jail. Like, it's just, it's, it's psychological a bit and that you're building into like their, it's hard enough to build a new habit for someone. So it's hard enough to even get these people to use Alexa daily. Like I get my weather from it, you know, maybe I'll ask for a quote, but most of it I get is in this flash briefing. So it's just building, again, building into an existing channel, like they're kind of, they're used to saying that. So to me, that's, you know, the biggest reason they don't have to be as proactive. Good chat. I really enjoy talking about this stuff and fire nation. I really hope this is something that you're listening to intently because this is what's next. You know, this is your opportunity to get on that cutting edge. And Eric, with everything that we're talking about, what are you most fired up about today? It's probably going to go without saying, but honestly, conversational interfaces, I mean, it is really just text and voice. It's a whole new way to interact with people, and it's by far more engaging and personal than any other technological medium right now, except maybe, you know, VR, AR kind of in the future. But right now, the yeah, text that's, that's and, pretty far in the future. <laughs> that's very immersive. But right now, chatbots are, you know, the play. I like, I know you have one, JLD, like, and I told you a little earlier, I was like, I think every company is going to have... Yeah a chatbot strategy just like they've had they had an app strategy or just like they had a website strategy and you know there's varying levels of it like you could use it as a simple customer acquisition funnel into your more robust kind of paid channels you could use it you know for servicing like when i was at the banks we were super pumped about the being able to decrease servicing cost you know instead of having a rep on the other end you could definitely decrease it with a chatbot or you could even build an entire experience into the bot. Like we have a chat bot called Daily Fit Bot, where you get your workouts and you complete them daily in the bot. So you can, you know, there's varying degrees, but I just really think that all companies will have some sort of chat bot strategy. They are. And Fire Nation, if you've been looking for that next thing to become an expert in so that you can potentially be serving these companies that are going to need just that, this area of expertise, look no further. And if you think Eric's been dropping value bombs, just wait till the lightning round comes, which is happening right after we thank our sponsors. If you've ever thought about owning a franchise, then you're not alone. But have you ever thought about owning a children's services franchise? If you love music, then School of Rock is a children's services franchise you should definitely check out. School of Rock owners love their business because they get to pass the torch of musicality to the new generation of musicians within their community and operate a profitable business at the same time. School of Rock is a network of over 200 locations and 25,000 students worldwide. The program gets kids up on stage and playing at real rock venues in addition to taking them on tour, offering recording opportunities and having them workshop with accomplished musicians entrepreneur magazine even named school of rock 2017's number one child enrichment program want to learn more school of rock has put together an exclusive download just for you visit franchising.schoolofrock.com contact the school of rock team and tell them entrepreneurs on fire sent you that's franchising.schoolofrock.com
If you're not much of a designer but are looking for ideas for your next logo, website design, or even your new business cards, then DesignCrowd can help. DesignCrowd gives you access to over 550,000 creative minds from around the world who will help you come up with your next design. Plus, DesignCrowd makes it super simple. All you have to do is submit your brief, and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review, provide some constructive feedback, and you can quickly generate multiple designs that you love and that fit your needs Why pay expensive fees and wait weeks for an agency to pitch an idea when you can have exactly what you need within just three days? Design Crowd is so confident that if you don't like any of the submitted designs, they'll give you your money back. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer for Fire Nation. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire. Eric, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? You know, I would say the crutch of what most people would think of as success in the corporate world. I always had really good jobs and did well at climbing the corporate route corporate ladder, but I was always scratching my entrepreneurial itch on the side and having a couple of these chatbots really take off, you know, kind of pushed me into, okay, this is these type of opportunities come around once every blue moon, and I'm going to jump on it and go all in. So I did. What is the best advice you've ever received? You know, a former Wall Street exec once told me to under promise over deliver. And I had a tendency early on in my career to do kind of just the opposite. And this is really about setting expectations. What's better, you know, promise the world and maybe deliver on it or promise the stars and deliver on the world. You'll delight your customers and clients much, much more. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? meditation without a doubt it's literally helped every area of my life i do it daily in the morning before the distractions of life and business come into play it's helped me be much more aware of my emotions and how i react and a little plug i use meditate bot the bot that we created daily (laughs) recommend one internet resource Trello. It's my running to-do list. Every actionable idea or thought I have is added into Trello and then tracked. There's a million studies out there around why it's beneficial to put your to-do list somewhere outside of your head so you're not constantly thinking about it. And my wife and I actually even used it to plan our wedding. (laughs) Recommends one book and share why. It's called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. And you've heard athletes probably refer to it as being, quote, in the zone. Right. In fact, I never understood why I sometimes would be in this incredibly focused state until I read this book. It lays out what the perfect conditions are to get into that state and how to replicate it. But you got to read it to find out. I need that and I will read it. <laughs> Eric, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. My parting piece of guidance is the fact that you you may not be able to control everything that comes into your personal and business life. It's impossible. Curveballs and tough times will, of course, happen. But you can absolutely control how you react and action on them. You know, the successful people that I've worked with and dealt with in business and life are those folks that are able to take a step back and find a positive and productive path forward, no matter how hard that sometimes is. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Eric J. Rems. Um, you can head over to the mindfultechlab.com 
slash applications to see all of our chatbots out there. Um, even if you do mindfultechlab.com slash fire, we've got a ton of great stuff. We've curated a lot of, a lot of goodies for your listeners. And the one I'm most excited about, uh, my wife had put together a 31-day high-intensity interval workout Ooh. challenge. We have that on there. It's totally free. Try it out. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with ER and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head on over to EO Fire and type Eric in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore, and of course, head directly over to themindfultechlab.com slash fire for all those goodies. And Eric, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Eric today. And I have created four incredible courses so that you can master productivity, so that you can accomplish goals and create funnels and webinars that actually convert, and they're free. Check them out, eofire.com, and I will catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side.